So here's the big headline for my investigation into Rupert Murdoch and Jared Kushner. These two have been friends for a long time, and there was a secret pact between Jared Kushner and Rupert Murdoch to make Donald Trump president of the United States. And we know this from none other source than Jared Kushner himself. This comes directly from his new book, where he confides in everybody that, yes, there was some sort of deal to make his father-in-law the president of the United States. And it starts off with this particular tweet. Rupert Murdoch in July of 2015 says, when is Donald Trump going to stop embarrassing his friends, let alone the whole country? Rupert's like, I totally do not know that guy that I'm friends with his (laughs) son-in-law. I totally am not supporting him behind the scenes on behalf of any hostile foreign intelligence services. Gosh, I don't like him. Trump apparently was very upset about this tweet. He was very unhappy. So he called his son-in-law. This is from the memoir of Jared Kushner. So I caution you not to take it as absolute gospel. But it says here (laughs) that Trump called me. He'd clearly had enough. This guy's no good. And I'm going to tweet it. Ooh, please. You're in a Republican primary, I said, hoping he wasn't about to post a negative tweet aimed at the most powerful man in conservative media. You don't need to get on the wrong side of Rupert. Give me a couple of hours to fix this. Wink, wink. I know Rupert Murdoch, and uh, I'm going to fix this for you. So he calls Rupert Murdoch and told him that he had to see him. Rupert, I think he could win, I said, as we sat in his office. You guys agree on a lot of these issues. You want smaller government. You want lower taxes. You want stronger borders. Rupert listened quizzically, like he could imagine that Trump was actually serious about running. Interesting, Rupert said. We had a truce for the time being. That was the truce on that day. But the next day came the pact. The next day, he called me and said, I've looked at this and maybe I was misjudging it. He actually does have a real following. It does seem like he's very popular, like he can really be a kingmaker in the Republican primary with the way he's playing it. What does Donald want? He wants to be president, Kushner responded. No, what does he really want? Murdoch asked again. Look, he doesn't need a nicer plane, Jared said. He's got a beautiful plane. He doesn't need a nicer house. He doesn't need anything. He's tired of watching politicians screw up the country, and he thinks he could do a better job. And with that came a deal, you know, that there was no more criticism from Rupert Murdoch about Donald Trump. In fact, as Donald Trump was proceeding quite happily in the primaries and to become the candidate for the Republican Party, (laughs) Rupert Murdoch even tweeted this about Donald Trump. No more tweets for 10 days or ever. He feels like the luckiest and happiest man in the world about Donald Trump being the potential candidate for the Republican Party. Now, all of this is interesting enough. Hold on, real quick. Are we supposed to believe Rupert Murdoch didn't know that Donald Trump already owed the Bank of China $300 million? We're supposed to believe that actual conversation was verbatim, but it's not (laughs) clearly not the conversation that would have happened. But I think what he's trying to say is that he was the guy who got the deal, but he doesn't want to go into the actual conversation. So, you know, he's saying it the way he thinks it would have gone if he was writing a script in Hollywood. But truthfully, Rupert Murdoch knew exactly what Donald Trump was about. He knew exactly who he owed money to. He knew that he didn't really own the plane that he flew and he really didn't own anything except for the brand that he licensed out. And there would be absolutely miraculous but it does appear that there was a deal because you can see in that tweet that murder gets really excited about 
Donald Trump, but then in a much more serious journalistic forum, was there a deal that said, I'll help you make Donald Trump president, but I got to be really in control of a lot of stuff that happens in the White House. And I would like daily contact with you about how things were going on in the White House. That may have been the case. It seems to me that, that there is a lot of interest for Rupert Murdoch. And maybe this is why he was having the happiest, luckiest day of his life when he found out that Trump was in the running for the candidacy of the Republican Party because he had his hands on the reins of power that through Jared Kushner, he could basically run things in the White House for those four years, which it seems like by his own admission that Kushner was happy to take those calls on a daily, daily basis. They're both foreign agents, yeah, right? Yeah. Or global agents of corruption take your pick. And in Murdoch, Kushner got tighter ties to China. And in Kushner, Murdoch got tighter ties with Netanyahu and Likud. And on you the know. way to the presidency, it seems that Rupert Murdoch would be quite amenable to helping Donald Trump become president. In fact, Jane Mayer reports, and this is a good clip from NPR's Fresh Air, she reports here that they had the story about Stormy Daniels Fox News had the Stormy Daniels story before anybody else did, but they buried it. They spiked it. Here's the clip from Jane Mayer. She tells Fresh Air on NPR. In October 2016, and so right before the election, and a reporter at foxnews.com had the story of the fact that the president was using his lawyer to pay off a porn star with whom the president had an affair and that they were trying to silence this porn star, Stormy Daniels, by paying her off and that there was an actual contract which the reporter saw. And so the reporter, whose name is Diana Falzone, had first caught wind of this in March and she had been reporting all the way up through October and she was pushing to get her story in print or on the website at Fox and she kept getting a runaround from her editors there. Eventually, she was getting more and more frustrated and worried. The election was approaching. She thought it was something voters should at least be able to consider. And she reached the editor in charge of the website, a man named Ken LaCourt. And according to what she told her friends and colleagues at the time, and I've interviewed them, Ken LaCourt said to her, Good reporting, kiddo, but Rupert Murdoch wants Donald Trump to win, so just leave it alone. And that was the end of the story. It was shelved. I think that's important. I think it's important to realize that not only do we now have this piece of evidence that says that Kushner and Murdoch colluded in getting Trump elected, but you also have evidence that they actually put it into effect in the newsrooms of Fox News and probably the other publications of Murdoch's empire that they actually killed and spiked stories that were of the national interest, things that would have maybe influenced the election. And the story of Stormy Daniels was just one of those stories, which did, in fact, influence the election. And here's Fox News, Murdoch, after agreeing to this deal with Jared Kushner, spiking the story. And probably it was just one of many stories, you'd imagine, that, that they spiked. Now, back then, we weren't in the world that we are now, where Fox News is so thoroughly Republican in a way that is just off the deep end. Back then, they were still pretending to be somewhat of a normal-ish kind of organization. And here they are colluding with the candidate and then hiding very important information that should have been out there from the public. And so you've got not just the pact between Jared Kushner and Rupert Murdoch, but also the effect of that pact, which shows them killing stories in the newsroom there at Fox News.
I, that's important stuff. We can glaze over it and say, hey, that's just the way Donald Trump and Rupert Murdoch roll. But Fox News still has an outsized influence on American thinking. And still today, people watch Fox News for some reason and believe a lot of the nonsense that they put out there and have for the last few years, whether it's vaccine related, the hydroxychloroquine, or whether it's the big lie about whether the elections were rigged or not, or about Jan 6. There have been endless amounts of conspiracy theories, lies, and outright out untruths that have been spouted by Fox News over the years. And now we know that there was direct connection, like absolutely direct connectivity between Jared Kushner and Rupert Murdoch on a daily basis as a result of a pact, and that it actually impacted reporting within Fox News. We've never had that. I can't think of another situation where we've had that in America. This is the first time it's been really out there. And it seems like this is smoothing over the actual story that's going to emerge because, you know, let's not forget, I believe Sean Hannity was in contact with Trump on January 6th. Daily. And daily. You know, every daily, night after right? the show, yeah. And he was a client of Michael Cohen. These people are all foreign agents. That's the thing. That's what really changed Fox. And really, it was on the same path. It was heading in this direction. It's just, it wasn't as obvious because you didn't have presidents out there saying, well, I prefer Vladimir Putin to our current American president on the campaign trail running for president. We'd never had that before. And then when nobody blinked, including Matt Lauer from NBC, so NBC's not off the hook. It's just Fox News is just more cartoonish about all this then it became obvious like holy crap these people aren't americans or they're not this is not an american voice and it turns out the saudis owned 30 percent of it and then murdoch's and hawk to the chinese like a lot of influence in the united states in the media you're hearing foreign funded voices and you're hearing talking points that are cooked up in intelligence services in other countries it's just fox is the most cartoonish yeah, and people today think that the situation has changed. We're not dealing with any change of ownership over these networks. The same networks that lied to you about Donald Trump in 2016 are still lying to you today about a lot of things. Now, they may be a little bit more after Donald Trump now because some of these foreign countries have cut him loose, but that does not mean that they have changed the way they really operate and whether they're still influenced by foreign nations. It's undoubtedly true that they are influenced by foreign nations and that there is no truly American-owned and operated U.S. news network out there, which remains a big challenge to American democracy. Now, you might think Jared Kushner was maybe just being naive, as many people have said he is, that he's just wandered into Rupert Murdoch's office because he knew Rupert Murdoch and he asked him for this favor. But there is a backstory here which makes me very uneasy. Money changing hands with Kushner and Ivanka goes back years, of course, to when Ivanka and Wendy Deng met in 2005 is when they first met. But from supposedly because they were neighbors, but if I had my brothers, I'd say that Wendy deliberately moved into a place right next door to Ivanka and Jared and that they ended up being close friends from 2005 onwards in a way that I've never had close friends as financially rewarding as these guys had. It seems that not only did Ivanka and Wendy Deng partner in so many things, which we'll discuss a little later on, that Murdoch became Jared Kushner's mentor in the early 2000s. There are people who tell me that when Jared first was making his move from Jersey into Manhattan, that it was Rupert Murdoch who took him around to all the big meetings, introducing him to people, making sure that he knew exactly whom to talk to. And it was a big influence in why Jared Kushner was even able to land as a real estate developer in New York City. And then came the purchase of the Observer newspaper, which was a, a newspaper that Jared Kushner bought, I think it was distressed at the time, 
And this is an amazing piece here. I'm going to read this whole thing to you because it's just kind of fascinating in terms of how Jared Kushner and Rupert Murdoch bonded so closely. The Observer gave Kushner a kind of access that money alone couldn't. Soon after buying the paper, he had dinner with Rupert Murdoch and asked for guidance. Thereafter, the two spoke on the phone several times a week. Bob Summer, who was president of the Observer Media Group from 2007 to 2009, said that he became accustomed to hearing things like, here's Rupert's business model. Rupert does it this way. We're going to turn it into a profitable media business, and Rupert knows how to run a media business. Kushner and Murdoch became friends, and Murdoch passed on books by such conservative thinkers as Charles Murray and Neil Ferguson. This comes up a couple of times, these two books. After Murdoch and Wendy Deng divorced in 2014, Kushner helped set him up with an architect for his bachelor pad. The friendship might have been had something to do with Kushner's political awakening. Readers of the Observer's editorial page noticed a shift from a Clinton-Cuomo-esque centrist liberalism to a more conservative view, reminiscent of the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal. The Kushner spokesperson said, Jared is not involved in running the paper day to day. In turn, a former associate of Murdoch's told me, I think Jared's been the key in getting Rupert to come around to the idea of a Trump presidency. It's unusual. Rupert Murdoch is a busy man. He runs a multimedia empire that stretches across the globe. He owns a bunch of newspapers, a bunch of TV networks. He's a pretty well off and pretty busy. Why is he mentoring Jared Kushner in this close way? And why is he helping him launch The Observer, which is a competitor newspaper of Jared's, in this close, intimate way that he seems to have done through the early 2000s? Because he's Bibi Netanyahu's guy. Bibi Netanyahu's guy, exactly. That's a very good point. It's quite possible that's where this connection came from. Everyone knows that Jared Kushner and Bibi Netanyahu had a very close friendship because when Bibi used to come and visit the United States, he stayed in Jared Kushner's house. He slept in Jared Kushner's bed. While Jared obviously was not in the bed, hopefully. You know, that's, that's how it happened. So they became friends. And of course, it's very noticeable that Murdoch is very close to Bibi Netanyahu and he's very pro-Israel, but mainly pro-Bibi and has been throughout the years in publishing. He also has a news outlet that he owns in Israel, which I think is also very pro-Bibi. So you're right. That is, in fact, how they likely became such good friends. Now, it's not only Murdoch who helped, uh, who helped Jared. Wendy Dang started Artsy with Dasha Zhukova. Dasha is the former wife of Roman Abramovich, the oligarch from Russia. Artsy was a big scandalous and still is a big scandalous kind of entity because it's designed to control the price of art, which if you're a money launderer and a criminal of, of note or an oligarch of note, you have art because that's what you deal in. And it's interesting that the investors here included people like Ivanka Trump, you know, why she was invited to the table, who knows? Josh Kushner, Jared's brother was involved in this. Jack Dorsey of Twitter was involved in this. And Jim Breyer, which is a name to keep in mind, we'll come to him at another day. But it's clear to me that this was a very profitable friendship for Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner. Having Deng and Murdoch next as their neighbors turned out to be very profitable for the two of them and, and continue to be here. They're all pictured at Wimbledon in 2016. This is Dasha and the Kushner brothers. There's Leon Black at the back there. Leon well. Black, our man. Yeah. Wendy Dang, you can see right behind uh, Ivanka Trump there. With, I'm not sure who she's sitting next to, but there you go. You don't see Rupert, but... This is a, a photograph which tells the story of a lot of money swishing around and propping up Jared and Ivanka and Josh Kushner in the years leading up to him becoming the a special advisor to the president of the United States, Donald Trump. So it's interesting. There's one other thing which I'm going to point out, which I just, 
you know, just completes the cycle, you know, the circle of pattern or whatever you want to call it, that on his way into the White House, Jared Kushner had this horrible building called 666 Fifth Avenue, which was an albatross around his family's neck, which had run out of money and no one was going to fund it except this one group called the Ang Bang Insurance Group, which offered to finance this building and get them out of trouble. In fact, it was going to make the, the uh, Krishna family $400 million in profit, even though they were in hock so much. The Chinese were going to step up with this incredible deal on the way into the White House. It was ultimately scrapped because everyone found out about it and it was just too much noise for it to go ahead. But it's interesting, that's not the only thing that we know about uh, An Bang and Wu Zhuao, I'm not sure how you say it, the chairman, and their, his relationship with Jared Kushner. This was just the end of the relationship with Jared Kushner. The start of the relationship with Jared Kushner was in 2014, when Wendy Deng, again, Wendy Deng Murdoch, introduces Wu Zhuao, or the chairman of the An Bang Insurance Group, to Jared Kushner, just as that company is about to begin a $30 billion acquisition spree across the United States, which included buying things like the Waldorf Astoria and the Starwood Hotels. And it is believed that Jared Kushner was the advisor for all these deals as they happened, all these $30 billion of deals. Jared Kushner was the, let me show you how New York deals are done, Mr. Wu. Well, so he probably took a cut of that, right? Probably. You'd imagine no, I'm sh And so remember when he was applying for a clearance yeah. and he filled out his SF-86 form, yeah. which had to be amended three, four times? Did mm -hmm. he put down the amount of money he took from Ambang? He forgot all the foreign that, That's illegal. He didn't put any foreign contacts down. He had a bunch of them. Yeah, fact, that was really funny. Yeah, yeah, so it's suspect that it's Wendy Deng Murdoch who introduces Jared Kushner again. It's not suspect. We know what's going on. <laughs> we know it's not suspect. It is what it is. The Chinese I... brought the Russians. The Russians brought the trade craft and the mob. The Israelis brought a lot of trade craft and a lot of knowledge and this and that. Chinese bought brought all the money that they got from our manufacturing going over there. And then they washed it back in through our mobsters and idiots into our economy and through our politics. And the whole thing doesn't work. And now we got to tell the story. Yeah. But Wu's in jail, by the way, Mr. Ang Bang is in jail for 18 mm -hmm. years because I'm sure they don't want him speaking to anybody, but also because these deals were as corrupt as anything. The friendship continued between Wendy Dang and Rupert Murdoch all the way into the inauguration. Here they are at the swearing in ceremony and posting social media for pictures of them together. And then, of course, Wendy Dang is such a close friend that here she is spending the overnight stay and Shabbat dinner at the Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner household in Washington, D.C. Where Wendy's old nanny is teaching Ivanka. Ivanka and Jared's daughter, Mandarin, thing to Premier Xi. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's no surprise that when he became the special advisor to Donald Trump, Kushner made friends with the ambassador of China, who became a very close friend of Jared Kushner. In fact, his name is C-U-I, I'm not sure how you say it, Kui. Um, Kui, I think. Kui. And so Kushner often excluded the government's top China specialists from meetings with QE, a slight that rankled and unnerved the bureaucracy. He went utterly unflanked by anyone who could find Beijing on a map, a former member of the National Security Council said. Some officials who were not invited to Kushner's sessions or briefed on the outcome resorted to scouring American intelligence reports to see how Chinese diplomats described their dealings with Kushner. Other U.S. officials spoke to Kiwi directly about the meetings. Kushner was their lucky charm, the former NSC member said. 
It was a dream come true. They couldn't believe he was so compliant. A spokesman for Krishna said that none of the Chinese specialists told him that he shouldn't be doing it the way he was doing it at the time. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous what's going on there. This guy negotiated the trade deal between China. Well, they didn't tell me not to be a foreign agent. Well, they often don't. But they did actually <laughs> later on. But you know, so here's the ambassador of China walking in there with his list of demands for a trade deal, which Kushner then negotiates this deal. After inviting Xi for a get-together with Trump at Mar-a-Lago, which I showed you last time, but that was all Jared's doing. And then he negotiates this completely offside trade deal, which benefits the Chinese and does terrible things for the American economy. And here we are still dealing with that today. And you ask whether people did come and approach him. In fact, in March 2017, the FBI's chief of counterintelligence visited the White House and briefed Kushner about the danger of foreign intelligence operations, according to officials familiar with the meeting. Pristamp told Kushner that he was among the top intelligence targets worldwide and was being targeted not only by China, but by every other major intelligence service as well, including the Russians and the Israelis. Pristamp said that foreign spy agencies could use diplomats and spies masquerading as students and journalists to collect information about him. An FBI spokesperson declined to comment. Pristamp and Kushner discussed some of Kushner's contacts, including Wendy Deng Murdoch, the ex-wife of Rupert Murdoch Kushner, and Ivanka Trump had known for about a decade, and she was a regular guest at the Washington home. U.S. diplomats and intelligence officials have long speculated about Wendy Murdoch's ties to the Chinese government. This is a lovely line. Internally, some Chinese officials spoke about her in ways that suggested they had influence over her, the former senior official who was briefed on the intelligence said. Other officials said that intelligence was inconclusive. Well, <laughs> well all intelligence is inconclusive, yeah. I guess. But um, that seems we assess conclusive. things with confidence intervals, so we're never entirely certain. But walks like a duck. It talks like a duck. It's a duck. Gosh, <laughs> how did he's not good at negotiating? Yes, he is. He's just ne- good at negotiating for who he's negotiating for, which is China. And himself, the amount of money these two made, the amount of money, just those deals are massive, $30 billion property deals, if you got even a slight cut of that $30 billion, how much is that? How much money did he make off all these financing deals? And that's not even, I must have come across 10 deals that he profited off during the White House that I couldn't even get to because the time is short on a show like this, but it's incredible the amount of grifting that this guy did while in the White House, while being a servant for the people of the United States. And then the media would come out and say with a straight face, somebody fed him this line and they ran with it, that Jared and Ivanka both had permanent national security clearances. One, nobody has a permanent national security clearance. Nobody. But they just repeated that. It started from the moment those guys got in. This is all about their orthodox. And so they take Fridays off. That's the thing. Oh, they're moderating forces. They really were used to be Democrats. And think about how much the U.S. media covered up for these foreign agents. Absolutely. A lot. How much coverage of their sort of non-important things about how she was dressed and People Magazine coverage and all this stuff about, oh, here she's on vacation in Croatia or whatever, ignoring the fact that they were engaging in espionage at the time. And this was going ongoing for four years in the White House. And uh, yes, he owns a media organization in New York, but that doesn't mean you get to, he gets to cover up for him, which is what I know sort of what the media likes to do in New York City. But, you know, this is disgraceful what happened over those four years. And it continues, they continue to try and pull this over the American people continuously. They are planning, of course, he, it seems like Trump's planning to run again. I don't know if Jared and Ivanka would be part of that, but you know, the idea that this kind of criminality can get anywhere close to government again is just an aberration and one of the reasons he should be indicted pronto.
Oh, yeah. It's an insult to me that the dude's still walking around. But, you know, it's fun to talk about this stuff. It's it's relieving to talk about this stuff. And as we get to Tom Barrack's prosecution next Monday, we're going to talk more about what it is to be a foreign agent and yeah. to be not on Team America. Yeah. Even if you were born and raised here, there's a lot of people who took the money. As long as they got ahead and everyone else fell behind, they were willing to sell their country out. And we can't have nice things if that's how people are going to act and there's no consequences to it. And we've yeah. gotten out of the habit of saying that some behaviors are just, they're, they're insufficiently patriotic. They are not loyal enough to this country and they are disloyal in some cases. And in some cases they reach the level of downright treasonous. And Jared Kushner's a traitor to this country and he needs to be strung up. He needs mm -hmm. to be locked away or whatever we do with the guy. But, you know, this kind of thing, we cannot have people run around the halls of power and then walk out the door and take $2 billion from the Saudis and just, just sell this country for their own private gain. That's yeah. got to be punished in the most serious manner. And when somebody's a spy, say, that guy's a spy. <laughs> and this goes to the media as well. You can't look at Rupert Murdoch's role in this and say he's acting in America's national interest. Clearly, his own interest in China was so great that he allowed Wendy Deng to basically gain access to his world. And he gained access to the Chinese world through Wendy Deng. And since then, he's been operating, and maybe even before then, in China's interest. For all we know, he's a Chinese spy because he's operating like one. He may not be one, but he's operating like one. And certainly supporting this pact between himself and Jared Kushner to elect Donald Trump where they deliberately concealed information that was important to the election in Fox newsrooms, that is not acceptable and should not be acceptable to anything that calls itself news. It doesn't matter if you have billions of dollars in uh, news organizations around the world. If you're going to call yourself news, you better report the news. And there's some standards attached to that, especially during an election time. You certainly can't be running foreign influence campaigns for the Chinese for years in America. The Fox News is as big a problem as Jared Kushner, if not more. It's funny. In March 2017, I just came right out and I said Fox News is a hostile foreign intelligence propaganda operation. Yep. And a bunch of the supposedly liberal media in New York City made fun of me for that. Oh, I didn't make fun of me. Called me mentally ill. I could name names, but it was not very nice, guys. Not also, nice. especially since I was right. 100% I mean, right. Clearly, the Fox News organization has been used by foreign intelligence services to promote extremism, to promote violence in America, to basically weaken America's position around the world, and to create divisive civil war kind of conversations that we're having in America. This is not a benign threat. This is an absolutely serious threat that's, that they've presented to America. And I hope that in those Dominion lawsuits, there is at least a serious judgment against Fox News, where they either have to shut down or pay an enormous amount that makes them crippled in the future so they can't, they can't operate in the way they have up until now. And that goes all the way up and down the chain from Sean Hannity to Laura Ingram and company. And these people are terrible for America. Yeah, and hopefully the advertisers, you hit them where they live. I, I only have one, get... my pillow guy. He's only he's the last advertiser, but he, <laughs> there's a few others. But he, he's in a spot of trouble too because phone and the indictment thing. Yeah, no, this is a huge operation. And it's taken a while here to get to the point where we're ready to throw some in indictments out there. The news from Fulton County was that there's at least mm. 17 targets of the criminal investigation in Fulton County for election tampering. That's a crappy opinions. We've got the First Amendment here. 
crappy opinions you have the right to, even noxious opinions. If those are paid for by a foreign government and you're on the tasking of some intelligence officer, that's another matter. That needs to get police stop. But we're going to, America's still going to be a land where crappy opinions are welcome and even protected and support that kind of America. However, your right to be in business as a seditionist organization, perhaps the pressure needs to go on to the advertisers, not just like, I don't like that type of political speech Mm. because I'm not motivated by that. But in terms of like pressuring corporations, like if you are spending ad dollars on a hostile foreign intelligence propaganda outlet that's trying to overthrow the U.S. government, you need to be considered like a traitor company. Well, is that what's happening at Twitter? This We found out this week that Twitter had a bunch of Chinese advertisers and money coming in from Chinese organizations that not only maybe infringed on America's privacy, but also made them not want to act against foreign entities, including their own Chinese spy on the payroll of Twitter. There's a lot of bad things Awkward. going around in these organizations that for money... They'll do a lot of things. And it, it happens in the mainstream media where a lot of advertisers are foreign organizations, foreign companies. That stuff's going to have to start be policed. And this can no longer be the case where people can just accept bribes in the form of advertising or other stuff in order to sustain these illegal activities, these criminal activities. Well, and we can do it. Like we got, there's a lot of things where we have the statutes, the crimes are being committed. We just need to start enforcing them. And yeah. we started talking about slavery and human trafficking. There are already rules on the books for that. Laws. That's right. felonious. We, we just need to start cracking down on it. And it's amazing what a few good federal indictments will do to change people's attitudes. 100%. So I think we can get this under control. Can, I'm, can. I'm optimistic. I agree with you. We, I'm optimistic, too. And I think the Department of Justice is doing an incredible job, as is the president of the United States, in steering this country back into a position where we are in control of all the necessary things we need to be in control of. And certainly, I'm going to be really interested to see what happens with Jared Kushner and Rupert Murdoch as more comes to light about their conjoining. And that is the end of narrative tonight. If you are liking these kinds of programs and you support our editorial vision, then please consider joining us at patreon.com forward slash narrative. It is really the place that gives us our money to continue to do this kind of programming. Without your support, without the support of patrons, we can't bring these stories to light. These stories will remain buried forever. So we really encourage you, if you're a fan of the show, if you watch the show even occasionally, please go to patreon.com forward slash narrative and join up and we'll continue to do the kind of stuff we've been doing. Until then, have a good night. Good night, Eric. Every minute of Narrative's reporting, every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. One day you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues. Narrative, where truth lives.